Welcome to On Marketing. This is a show where we explore marketing's first principles, mental models, and my favorite, contrarian takes. This is a space where thinking differently about marketing isn't just encouraged, it's a rule. My aim is not to tell you what to think about marketing. My goal is to assist you in how you think about marketing and life as well. It's August 14th, 2023. I'm your host, Jordan Ogren, a marketing strategist by day and a podcast host by night, always keen to uncover new marketing insights. Today, I chatted with Thomas Campa, a dear friend and digital marketing specialist at Social Surge Marketing. Thomas is a unique marketer in the sense that his journey here has not been linear. He, his background is in logistics, even to dishwashing, which I had to say I respect that. 2015, I was a dishwasher as well, trying to make ends meet. He's experienced many challenges, some that I haven't, and that has given him a really unique perspective on life in this focus on improvement and making the most of each moment. I respect Thomas. He was at my wedding. He's a real one. In this episode, we discuss the role of SEO in marketing, the importance of a well-designed website, which few have, the concept of work-life balance, the value of discipline, and even the idea of self-worth. Ready to get into the episode? Before we do, I want you to subscribe to my newsletter to get these new episodes delivered every single week on Friday to your inbox. The link is in the first line of the show notes. So make sure to click that and subscribe so you can stay up on all of these podcasts, the insights from them, and other related learnings I'm gaining that I want to share with you. Also a reminder that if you're watching this, you can listen as a podcast. And if you're listening as a podcast, you can also watch this on YouTube. So whichever works best for you, please do that. And finally, opinions shared in this podcast are the individual views of the host and the guests, not representing their employer or associate organizations. This content is intended for information purposes only and should not be taken as professional marketing guidance. Listeners should act on this information at their own risks. See you on the other side. Tom, first question, what is marketing? Oh, man, that is a really good question. Uh, I mean, I think you can come at it at a lot of different angles. Um, I mean, you can come at it from the brand side where marketing is just getting people to know who you are, what you do, what you know, your area of expertise. And then a lot of people do come from the side of marketing where it is very related to sales, where it's, you know, pushing CTAs or getting people to your website to submit forms. I know in the work that I do in, in SEO, a lot of the uh, the strategy behind it is one sharing showing that area of expertise, but really the ultimate thing is the the form submission. So I don't know if I can put it under one definition, but I think as an umbrella, I kind of see it as those two forms of there's the brand side where you're just trying to get your name out there and show people who you are. And then there's the, uh, the other side where it's more sales focused and uh, kind of getting people down that, that funnel a little bit. So. Hmm. Yeah. It's a good answer. Kind of like a politician with both sides <laughs> yeah. of the the coin 100%. where you have brand brand and marketing and then you have that kind of performance or you're where you're really driving for some sort of conversion transaction so i think that's a great way to think of it because then you can start to have this bucketing mindset okay like what for this company what for this type of area do we need to balance this do we need 70 brand do we need 30 how do you think about whether with clients or just like as you're thinking maybe about yourself or just in general how do you think about that kind of dichotomy and keeping those buckets filled but like in the right way 
Yeah, I think when it comes to clients, a lot of our work, especially like onboarding new clients, is we're figuring out where they're already at within maybe it's their business journey as a whole or uh, kind of the season that they're in. Is it business growth or is it, you know, rebranding? And um, a lot of it comes down to those conversations. So we had a new client hop on recently that is very new, like just got her business off the ground and all of these things. And it's like, yes, one of the main goals is business development. Like you have to have sales coming through the door, but nobody knows who you are. They don't know what you do. So a big portion of what we're doing early on is just that brand building, is getting people to know who you are, recognize the name, the content, uh, different things like that. So a lot of our strategy or the way I look at it from a client side is having those good conversations with them of, hey, is this a season where you're really pushing for business growth, sales, you know, uh, form submissions, whatever the case may be. And if that's so, then we'll put our time and energy there. Um, but I do always caution them that if that is the case, I hope you have a good brand built already. Otherwise, we might need to split it a little more evenly than you would like until we get that brand uh, pretty solidified for for you. So that's the way I see it for client base. For myself, it's very much I'm brand heavy. Like I'm not a big sales guy uh, as much as I work in marketing and have done different Me things. Uh, branding is my forte. And I think as many people know nowadays, branding kind of can build that sales funnel for you. I mean, so much of um, marketing in my head is just being authentic and that's mm -hmm. with your brand. And so I try to explain that to, to clients as well as like, hey, you know, we might be doing a lot of brand stuff, but that will come with again, whatever your desired uh, outcome is, form submission, sales, uh, whatever the case is. So yeah, I mean, for myself, I'm much more of a brand guy. I'd probably be like 99-1 if I could, <laughs> but uh, it, it depends yeah, on the no, week. I feel you on that. So something I think as you were talking there, something that popped out to me is kind of the interplay between them where to your point, you can't go all uh, performance in the sense if you don't have brand, if you don't have some of that, because someone sees an ad, they, unless it's something like a sock, someone's going to click on your page suit, kind of, what are you about? There's no content. There's none of that. that that's sometimes different. And obviously it's going to run the gamut. If you're B2C selling socks, as I said, or you're B2B selling, you know, $10,000 or a large contract, it's going to be totally different in how they play with each other. I might not care if you have any um, kind of content or any of that yeah. brand, if I'm buying underwear per se. <laughs> now, if I'm, I'm buying something else, it, it might be totally different. So I, I really like that because I think a lot of times people are great at ads or they're great at brand and they don't realize that the other could help if you're able to either outsource it or learn how to kind of run ads if you have really good brand because it's like they're going to love it the right people because we've nailed that or hey we're really good at ads but our brand kind of just sucks no content creators nobody's doing anything so it's hard to like learn more about us or what we're up to yeah. And one big thing that we've, or at least I've found over, I mean, I've been in marketing for a couple of years now, but uh, still feel brand new. But one of the things, especially early on this year that we found ex with clients particularly is we were getting stuck in a very repetitive kind of marketing strategy. So whether that was, hey, we just post two blogs a month and we make sure the site's good from an SEO perspective, right? Uh, we would do that over and over and over. And we were seeing diff like decent results. We were seeing, you know, slow uptick in whether that's organic search traffic or again, form submissions or people spending longer time on the website. 
but that's one thing that I, I've really focused on, especially quarterly. I think months, month to month is a little bit tough, but making sure that we're not getting stuck in that same strategy. And you could put that on the same uh, scope as branding versus uh, sales heavy is one quarter. Again, maybe it's a, a busier season, like you can push those sales and, and you know, that should be your main focus. Uh, but other seasons, maybe branding is a, a good way to spend your time because you're not expecting too many sales or, you know, it's just mm -hmm. seasonality for a company. And what's the point of pushing sales if you know for a fact that you probably aren't going to have a, a high volume and you could spend your time, you know, in a, in a better way with producing more content with, you know, maybe a website redesign, um, mm -hmm. maybe getting that ads content uh, kind of narrowed down to, to what you want. So I think there's... That's another way that I look at it is very, I don't want to get in a repetitive cycle. I want to make sure that we're spending the time uh, as we should within the season that we're in. Mm, that's good. And, and that's kind of at the heart of this podcast and just as a contrarian thinking every time you do something. So I, to your point, right, it's like, okay, this is a busy season. There, there's going to be more people willing to transact. Should we run more ads? Should we kind of shift this? percentage to more performance. Yeah. I think that just comes down to that thing of like using your brain and thinking. And that's a wonder thing, wonderful thing about the brain is it does these things autonomously. It can run and just say, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And you don't think about it, right? Yeah. I don't think which hand grabs the knob. I just grab it with my right hand. But I think there's importance in certain moments to be like, why are we doing this? Should we be doing this differently? And that's kind of at the core. What I'm taking away of, of your answer is kind of, it depends with clients, with the season and the time. So so many times it kind of depends and you have to think through it the from classic, kind of first principles. Yeah, the classic slow down to speed up, I think is just an easy way to put mm -hmm. it. And that's why, I mean, quarterly, we we have a, an internal meeting specifically for our SEO team of, hey, let's see what the stats are. Let's see how everybody's doing and do we need to make that pivot? And, and sometimes you don't, sometimes you're doing the right thing. So why change? Keep but yeah, I think it's it's important to take that time, like you said, to think through things instead of just having your brain on autopilot to, mm. to you know, have your strategy be the same old, same old. So, yep, yep. To refresh, you have to think, and even if you keep it the same, at least you're thinking to keep it the same. I like that. What's a what's a thought or a belief you have that maybe is different than the majority, or maybe sometimes you bring it up and people kind of disagree or they take a different stance. Is there anything you believe about marketing or you have ideas or thoughts around marketing that sometimes they just don't resonate with as many people as you think they should? I mean, the, the, the world that I work in is SEO and I know a lot of people believe that might be dead soon. Um, I, I think that's one that I could take. I, some people yeah. think SEO is going away. I think it's just evolving. And that could be mm. even to the point of, um, uh, how do I want to say it? Just like the, the voice searching, whether I'm using an Alexa or mm. Siri or whatever the case is. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of maybe my hot take there. Other than that, I really think, in, especially in SEO, people can get very bogged down in keywords or you know, pushing uh, different strategies for backlinks or whatever the case is. I am a huge fan of just producing like very well thought out content. And if it performs, it performs and it should, because uh, as we all know, Google is getting towards that part where it's it's not about the keyword cramming or the amount of links that you have in a, a document or whatever the case is. It's very much, hey, is this useful for the user? And uh, is it giving them the information that they're actually looking for on their search? 
So I'm, I don't know if a lot of people would disagree with that, but I think there are certain people that are still kind of stuck in the, we'll say old ways of very much the keyword cramming or making sure links mm. are, there's a ton of links. Um, but yeah, my overall answer would be the SEO. And I, and I hope I'm right, because if not, I have to find a new job at some point in my life. But <laughs> oh, uh, No, that's good. I think at its core, search optimization will forever be there because it's just search, whatever form it's in. Your engine is maybe will become debunked, but it's just you're optimizing for search. So you're one of the first ones. So whether it's Alexa, I need new paper towels. Can you, can you grab me one or figuring out? So it's almost like, yeah, there's these reverse engineering and to your point, this keyword hacking and some of these things that were done that changes constantly. But then there's also to your point, just creating good content that speaks to someone or a group of people that it resonates with. So they're on the page long. You, you hit all these boxes of things that are probably good for SEO. They don't bounce right away. They stay on the page for five minutes reading, whatever that may be. So I think that's a fair stance because at my podcast, at least I've had many people on and you've maybe seen them on LinkedIn, but it's kind of just saying SEO is, is dead. But I think to your point, what they're really saying is SEO is evolving and many people's approaches isn't evolving at the same speed as that. Do you agree with that? Do you see people kind of struggling to catch up to some of these like new ways of doing it? Where to your point, Google isn't ranking as much for the keywords or more what's great content, what's that? And people are struggling to phrase SEO in that way? Yeah, I think it's, I don't know if people are struggling to, you know, evolve. I think they're struggling to figure out what evolving is like, and mm -hmm. I, I see this for myself as well. A lot of the research that I do, especially with Google these days has been, uh, there's a lot of ups and downs for us SEO folks with Google updates that maybe they don't state as an update and they just kind of go and uh, do it silently. But I think it's trying to start to figure out what e that evolve is. I think a couple of years ago, it was mm -hmm. very much right. The blogs and uh, again, good content, things like that. And I think we are at or, or maybe close to kind of a pivot point where it is uh, maybe it's more video for, you know, Google's or uh, for organic searches or uh, more images mm -hmm. or I don't know. I, I don't know it either um, or more voice, but I think we are starting to get to that pivot point of obviously there's AI that's very hot these days, things like that, that I, I don't even know yet. And I think a lot of people are struggling to figure out what that pivot is. And then once I think a couple of people figure it out for that are, that are certain about it, I think a lot of people will make that pivot pretty quickly. Um, mm. But you even see it in this terms of like uh, Google analytics four came up and the amount of websites that were not transferred over to Google Analytics 4 before Google Analytics 4 was supposed to be the only thing out there uh, was pretty insane. I think it was like 70% of websites waited until like the last day to transfer. And I wow. think that's very similar to what you see in SEO, where it's you have some of these early adopters that are starting to make that pivot towards whatever the new quote unquote thing is. Um, and once it's figured out and people are like, well, I have to do this now, then you'll start to see that. But mm. um I don't know if all of us or, or many of us know what that is yet. Yeah, that's really well articulated. Just kind of like understanding what that evolution is or the near impossibility to understand what it will, because I'm guessing people before where we're at now with search when like, you know, they were using Yahoo or these different types when then Google disrupted search or, or just so many ways, because you can argue now ChatGPT or some of these generative AI is going to replace some of these 
searches that aren't maybe as like, I need to read a full article or whatever. But then it's also like, how do you hack it where, because I've done this before. Hey, ChatGPT, can you give me five of the top resources on women's leadership or something? If I'm writing something on that, how do I become one of those top resources? If I, I think that's where, so it is to your point evolving so quickly or just so kind of ubiquitously, if that's a word, that you can't really understand where it's at or like where to pinpoint it. So you just have to always, and I think, again, that goes to what I said before. It's the core of this show. It's like the only way you can stay kind of current is to always go back to first principles, have this strategy, have kind of that ecosystem, have things that you're able to lean on that you guys have that I've read about. And just those things where it's like, okay, these are first principles. We can build the trends or what's new upon this. Yeah. And I think that's really 100%. powerful. And in what's kind of this this show's all about. So I, I think that's that. I think that's perfectly put. It's we, or at least myself, always believe that it's it's just doing good SEO or good marketing in general. And it's using that extra time that hopefully you have to start to make that pivot or understand what mm -hmm. the new trends are or what the the next move you should make. Maybe it's changing up your strategy in terms of, like you said, trying to rank um or try to get into chat GBT for being one of those top resources. But I think you need to have that foundation. I do see a lot of people um, try to make a pivot and they just kind of, you know, wipe away even the basement and the the foundation of their building and they just try to jump on this new thing. And if, you know, if they hit it, it's great for them. But if they don't, it's going to really tank a lot of your results in terms of, you know, SEO, website traffic, but then ultimately, right, that's sales, website forms, et cetera. So I think having that good base is a, a great way to put it and then just kind of testing as you go. Hmm. No, I love that. And I think that's why like in sports defense, like there's certain kind of these fundamentals that if you have that, you'll, you'll be well off or better off than you, you could be without it, no matter what's going to happen, no matter where the ball, ball bounces, quote unquote. Yeah. What's, what's something I, I'm sticking on this SEO topic? Cause again, we've had a lot of shade on in season one about <laughs> yeah. podcast or on SEO. And it's just, it's interesting to have you. I mean, we had your, one of your co-founders on air. So that was cool as well. He was obviously pro SEO, but what's something within SEO that people aren't talking about enough or not enough marketers maybe know about it or are thinking about it that, you know, we can step away from trends or whatever, but maybe it's a trend, but regardless, it's just like, it needs more attention by marketers. And I wish more people put focus on this in SEO or websites or anything kind of around that, that game. I'll almost kind of flip it. I don't know if it's people don't know it. I just, a lot of the clients that we've been working with recently and onboarding and things, it is your website design has to be spot on. And I think that I include that in SEO. I, I kind of put that bucket in the same thing because it's user experience and, you know, you could group SEO with how long people are staying on your website, where they're navigating to all of that stuff. Um, and if your website is uh, designed very poorly, which we have seen some recent ones where it's just, it's, it's just not good. And, and that's okay. I mean, website design is not an easy thing, but I think you need mm -hmm. to have the focus there. And I think a lot of SEO people that I listen to kind of, uh, disregard that for the most part, it is a lot focused on whether that's gaining backlinks, you know, referring domains, uh, even the content side of things like it could be you could have great content, but if people can't get there after they find you on a search mm. or can't get there after they find you on a search, it, it doesn't matter as much. Um, or if they do find that content, but it's hard to navigate the, you know, the colors on your website are not well done. The white space isn't done. So 
I think that's a very, mm-hmm. I mean, that might be a, not an answer that you're looking for, but I, as the more I've gotten into SEO over the past couple of years, I think that is an extremely important area to spend time and money on. Uh, because again, it kind of goes to that found, foundation that we were talking about where, you know, you build that foundation of a very nice website that is user friendly and people can navigate it and, you know, it looks pretty, but functions well. And then you can build on top of that. And I think people in SEO, again, maybe it's not an SEO answer, but they sometimes can disregard that. Yeah, it. I think to your point, it gets less attention than it should being kind of the hub or the home of all digital presence in, in everything. Your content goes there. You're sending people there off social. That's somewhat the goal for a lot of these companies. And then you look at their website and to your point, it's not bad, but you, you go to the mobile and the mobile experience is crummy or you're just on your laptop and you're like, this doesn't look like some of these other ones I've seen that aren't from big companies like Nike or whatever, but just like firms or, or agencies or whatever that put time and money into it. And it's like, so that's what's out there. That's what's available. And I think to your point, as the, the tide shift from this older generation kind of, especially the smaller businesses, not even like some of the bigger ones, shifts to this younger, everything to your point needs to be up to design, needs to be a lot more, just needs to be damn better. Like it, it's yeah. simply put because a lot of it is bad. And I think if you're now being on that early of like, okay, design's critical. We need to either learn this internally, fig- figure out an agency. We can like figuring that er- out earlier is going to be way better than when it's needed. So yeah. I think your point's super valid. It's it's like fundamentals have a good website, but I think at the end of the day, you make it once. And I've had a few website people on and that's kind of the thought. You make it and forget it rather than viewing it as a continual investment or something you're always putting money and time into to make it better. So I think that's yeah. a fair point. Yeah. And the one thing that I'll say to that is, again, it's the way I explain it to clients. Because one of our things when we're onboarding is making sure we'll look at a client's website and we'll check the site health and we'll make, you know, uh, changes to uh, fix those errors, warnings, whatever the case may be. And sometimes we'll get a, a question of why are we spending so much time on the front end doing that versus trying to get uh, you know more content up mm-hmm. or work on backlinks or whatever it is. And my thing, my answer to them always is how quickly will you click off a website that does not load for you? And most mm-hmm. of the time, and I'm not even talking their website, I'm just, I will ask them that question of how quickly does it how long does it take for you to exit a website and go to a new one if it doesn't load or if thing if images aren't loading, et cetera? And their, their answers are always pretty quick. They're like, yeah, of course. Why would I stay on a website that's not loading? And it's like, exactly. This is why we spend mm-hmm. the time on the front end for SEO purposes to fix the website if needed, to maybe make a few website design changes that just make the uh, experience flow better. Because people, even if we're getting people there, because we spent the effort doing that early on, like you wanted to, we could get people there and they could be gone just as quick. So that's always something that I try to talk with clients about is, hey, we want to make sure that everything is operating great for when people do get there and for when we do hopefully uh, gain more organic search traffic or paid traffic or whatever that case is. We want that experience to be good not just, hey, here's more users to your website, but that's ending up in like less form submissions, less sales, et cetera. Because I think that's a tougher conversation when you talk to a client saying, hey, traffic's way up, but sales are the same. And a lot of that reason could be because people are bouncing from your website really quickly. Or, I mean, that's one reason, but uh, that's kind of how I explain it for them. 
you're focusing on repairing the bucket first just pouring <laughs> yeah. more water into it with a big ass hole yeah. on the bottom of it yeah and trying why, to run quickly why does why does the disconnect happen between what we experience to your point i'll leave a website if it doesn't load in two seconds but then we have a disconnect when maybe we've never visited our website but i hope we've gone to our website and had a different experience that's very common with people in marketing. I, I know what I like in marketing, but I'm going to do marketing that I don't like, not really catching that. Do you have any thoughts on like where that disconnects? Why are we delusional with like our own stuff when we know what we like and don't like in the wild? I think we're just biased. I think that's an easy way to put it. I can... I mean, we've, I think we've had this conversation, right? I think you looked over my personal website and gave me a few notes. And the initial thought that I had was, I am not changing that at all. I love that. And, and it's so true. And that's even tougher mm. for companies that maybe have a board or, you know, they they have a marketing team, but they're working with us as an agency because we can give them these recommendations. And maybe it's something they spend so much time and effort on that it's hard for them to make that adjustment or to make the mm. change or you know, disregard it completely. So I really think that is it, um, that we're just a little bit biased with our website. And then I also think a lot of the times when we're getting uh, a new client on, the main focus, right, is, hey, we want to increase sales or we want to increase form submissions or whatever. And it's hard for them to understand that that early work of making sure your website's good or, you know, loads or whatever the case is, kind of like we're talking about. Um, it's hard for them to understand how that will impact it. Kind of like what I mentioned just a little previously, but I think that's a, a tough thing for people to wrap their head around when it's like, hey, we should just be getting going on website sales or, or website form submissions or sales, et cetera. So I think that's kind of, a, kind of it, but I think it's biased. I mean, on my own website, I will wait for that website to load because it is my website. On even yeah. yours or somebody else's, I will probably be like, ah, you know what, I'll just shoot Jordan a message and tell him, hey, this didn't load and I'll wait till he updates it. So mm -hmm. I think that's pretty much it. That's fair. Bias is, is a big bucket because you have that sunk cost, which you're talking about where, okay, I put time into it. I don't want to redo it or whatever. So there's so many biases wrapped in that. I love that. And I think that that, that definitely covered kind of the SEO and, and what I think you kind of wanted to learn from you on this podcast. So this next segment is kind of just a deep segment, depth. We're going to go deep okay. in kind of your life and then obviously tangentially bring it to marketing if we, if we do. But if not, it's more focused just on life. So what's something, Tommy, that you do outside of work or, or that isn't work that then allows you to come back to work and you're able to do a better, think more clearly, or just get a better outcome. I'm a big walker. That's my big thing. I will, I, I live in downtown Milwaukee. I don't own a car anymore and uh, I, I walk everywhere. So that's a big piece. I think just being um, healthy in general, working out and things like that. So that's the simple answer. Um, I, I do think I, I've struggled with this a lot of separating life from work especially, you know, the remote or the hybrid type of work that a lot of us are in, especially in marketing. I think we were ahead of the game uh, on that before even COVID a little bit. And um, I've really put a focus on this here of, hey, I am separating my work and life. I need to not open my computer at eight o'clock every night to either respond to that email or, you know, work on whatever I need to work on. So, that's probably been my biggest thing in terms of that, of just being able to 
um, come back to work the next day energized because I didn't spend my whole night uh, working mm -hmm. continuously. And, and I'll do that at times, but I have always been that guy where I would do that five days a week uh, if I needed to. And, and I think like we kind of talked about before hopping on, I, I saw a little bit of that burnout and I just needed to take a breather, enjoy life, you know, enjoy, enjoy friends and family and, and come to work the next day energized and ready to, to put in some hours. And I have definitely figured it out. I still need a little bit of help on slowing down <laughs> at times, but uh, we're getting it. there. So I love that. No, that's a great answer. The walk, something I definitely utilize as well. How do you how do you think about the fact of like, and this is extreme examples, but Michael Jordan, uh, Kobe Bryant, RIP, these people didn't have a balance or, or any real clear border because when to be the best, to want to be like, there isn't, you have to kind of put that work in. How do you balance that? Think about that. I mean, it's obviously like, it's just an SEO job. It's just marketing for you. But do you, do you think at all in those terms of like maybe that extra work as much as it drains me, it's going to help me take that next step in my career, in my craft, quote unquote. Yep. I think, I, I think about this a lot. I, that is a main reason why I have struggled to take the time off or to separate work and life. I think you have to know the season that you're in and a season could be a decade or it could be a year. But for me right now, I am comfortable not being the Michael Jordan of marketing or even the stuff <laughs> I do outside of that, whether that's, you know, my own podcast that I took a break from for a little yeah. bit or, you know, notion templates, all this fun stuff that I had lined up. Uh, I am okay with not being the Michael Jordan, mm -hmm. Kobe Bryant, et cetera, of that field. And I do know there will be a time and place, whether that's next year or two years from now, where it's, I am in that mode of like life will not be balanced. I am okay with that. I have the time, I have the money, I have the resources to put everything towards this thing. And uh, I think, as we all know, those Michael Jordan, you know, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, all of those folks just did it for decades, um, where I am okay saying I will give up that type of reward for a little bit of a more balanced life. That does not mean again, for five years or 10 years, I don't go extremely hard towards whatever I want to work towards. Um, I just know for me at the moment, that is not the season of life that I'm in. Um, so I think you have to be really honest mm -hmm. with yourself because at the beginning of the year, you would have asked me that question. I would 100% be, I am in that season and this is the year <laughs> that I do X, Y, Z. Uh, and eight months in, I have realized that that is not the season that I'm in and I need to chill a little bit, <laughs> but, uh, that, that I'll come around and I'll, I'll have that season of working hard and not having a balanced life and, and see the result of it. Cause I'm not afraid of the hard work, but yeah, I think people just need to be. Uh, very honest with themselves of where they're at in life and if they need to have that work-life balance or if they have the time, energy, and resources to uh, go towards what they want to go towards. Hmm, I love that. I think a lot about the the privilege we have to even consider work-life balance, con like considering like what made America, what got us to to this place. They didn't have these decisions or choices to be like, I'm not going to work 16 hours. Like it's It was like I either kill myself, die, or I do that. And I, and I think a lot because I'm more so on that side where I have seasons, I have times, I've had burnout, I've had panic attacks, I've had it all. But I also try to hold in, in the other hand, as much as I believe we need balance, we need to strive for being present in all areas, whether family, in family, whatever. I also hold like, that's a privileged thought. And maybe 
Like it, it's kind of weakening me by not going all in and not making this life like a full declaration of just kind of to the extreme in every area. And I think that's maybe where it comes is like balance or, or like maybe that is what I'm talking about. The craft is just so if I have a family, it's also engaged with them. But I think one thing you see um, with Michael Jordan's or some of these great athletes, Tiger Woods or whatever, is the obsession of the craft just consumes and it causes many issues. Even even someone like I follow David Goggins, even someone like that, it's like sure divorce isn't bad and people go through that. But it's like at times you can look at his life and it's like, man, this guy's so obsessed, so crazy, can get so much done. He also has so many like struggles that this obsession may Uncon, like you didn't think about it, but it was an unintended consequence almost. So I, yeah, I, I lean that, towards you. I think that's an important piece to to really nail down is there are those trade-offs. It is so easy to look at a Michael Jordan and admire him for the work that he put in for the decades of just grinding. And like you said, just honing that craft, mastering those skills, but his life wasn't perfect either. I mean, when's the last time I, I did this recently, actually, when's the last time you Wikipedia or you Google searched Michael Jordan went to his Wikipedia page and instead of reading the amazing stats, which are always fun to look at, you looked at like the personal life section of Michael Jordan and you got to read the stuff. Obviously, we all know that his dad passed away. I'm sure there my guess, and I don't know the man, mm. that there was some regret that he didn't spend a little bit more time with his dad after his dad passed away. Or I, you know, whatever thing, I don't want to dive too hard on Michael Jordan. I'm a huge fan, No, but there is, there is that piece where I'm sure people have found a little bit of whether that's regret or they just struggle in their own head of, I wish I maybe would have done this a little bit more. So again, there's times, there's seasons for everybody to double down. I am a hundred percent with you that I think. Um, it is a, a huge privilege to be able to even think this way of, you know, do I need time off or do I, can I double down? Because even in the world we live in today, you don't have to go through our, you know, U.S. history, even different countries and stuff. I mean, people, people have struggled and, and are struggling and um, it is certainly a privilege, but I think it's not a bad thing to be privileged in certain areas. I think it's okay to, to accept the fact that you have that privilege and to use it to your best. And and some people use it to their best and, and that's helping out others to, to hopefully have the same privilege or close to. Um, but I just, yeah, I struggle with that fact too of, you know, man, am I wasting my time when I'm not working hard or not doing something to help others or whatever the mm -hmm. case is. And as my sister always says, you can't pour from an empty cup. So at times you got to fill up a little bit. Um, and uh, I think, yeah. yeah, I think that's just the best way to think of it is there's times that you need a little bit of a break. Um, it's okay to spend that with family and do those certain things, but there are seasons where you should just grind and, and really put some, uh, some effort towards what you're doing. Yeah. I like, I like your point about privilege. You don't really get to decide as I'm writing this like human operating system guide, you don't decide what operating system you start at your parents, your upbringing, all these things can bring you there. And, and you really have a few options. And one of those is to kind of like hate yourself because of your privilege. So like suffer because of it, or to your point, make the most of it, do good with it. But obviously there, there is a thin line, I think, where what's becomes obsession to your point of the Michael Jordan, which I think is very true because we only see the, the highlight reel of these individuals that there's usually a trail 
of uh, sadness, regret, certain things. But then there's also the flip side of there's so much regret on the deathbed of I wanted to write this book. I wanted to do this and I never did because it would have took two hours after work every day for a year or whatever. And many people, sadly, to your point of getting honest, they're not really willing to, to make that sacrifice. And I think that's a hard truth that some people have to swallow, but I think there's a lot of people that haven't, and I think they could achieve so much more. Um, so this is that to the two to three people listening. If you're one <laughs> of those, this is that push to, to do more. Um, but that was a, that was a great uh, kind of little discussion on, on an interesting topic, I think, right now with remote work and hybrid. It's becoming more prevalent, for sure. 100%. So Tommy, if you got to give one virtue, one value, so if you think about like courage, love, justice, discipline, all of these things, if you could instill one in every single person, so every single person gets this value, they wake up tomorrow and they're maybe not led fully, but they have this value within them and it's in their compass that they're living their life now with this new value added as a north, south or east. What is a virtue? What is a value you would? bestow upon us? It's a really good question. Uh, I think it's really tough to narrow down. I, I might be a little bit, uh, I think it's just playing into what I am um, and who I am, but I think discipline solves a lot of problems. And mm. the reason I say that is because when I am disciplined, that means I am better for myself, right? I'm working out, I'm eating healthy. And when I do that, my mind's at a better place which also means that I am probably showing up for those who I love and that I care for. So I think mm -hmm. it kind of flows into, I could, I mean, I was very much going to say, um, you know, just like loving or, or being care, caring towards others. But I think that discipline very much goes into that because the way I see it, it discipline is if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And that could be going to take my grandma to her haircut and spending that two hours with her and laughing and having fun. Um, or it could be going to work and, you know, making sure that I get the projects done on the deadlines that I said I would get them done. So I think discipline's an easy answer for me on that because it solves more problems um, across the board, at least in my head. Uh, now, it is not an easy thing to always be because, as a lot of people know, I ate a pizza today and it tasted amazing and I still haven't worked out. <laughs> so we'll, we'll eventually get there, hopefully. Oh. But um, I think that's, oh, that's I easily my answer. That's great. That's great. And in your your example with the, the grandmother was very specific. I feel like you're kind of just the number one grandchild out there bringing <laughs> grandma to this place. I love it though. It's it's true, right? Discipline leads to love. When I say I'm going to be there for you, I hold to it. And I think discipline is a cardinal virtue for a reason. It is one of those driving forces. So that's a great answer. The final question, following this line, following this kind of train of thought, you can stay with it or you can diverge to a totally different thought. But if you got to incept an idea, so if there's this movie, there was this movie called Inception. It's all about where they go in the brain, they incept ideas. Tomorrow I wake up and I say, that idea, the incept is mine. I'm going to sell my company. I'm going to do whatever. What is that idea that you would incept in every mind? So whether it's about life, about marketing, something that we talked about here tonight or something new that you just think I want them to wake up tomorrow and believe this idea, this belief to be theirs. I mean, I could get really deep with this. I don't know if I want to take it that far. Oh, <laughs> man. Well, well, go deep. Where, where is that? We can pull out real quick if we... I, yeah, we might need to. Um, I think the big thing is that everyone is like worthy. And whatever that means to you is, is good enough. Um, I, I mean, 
I'll be honest, I've struggled with mental health at times. I think we all have. Uh, again, maybe that's just the generation that we're living in and we need to toughen up a little bit, but that's for a different discussion. But I, I really think that a lot of people just struggle to, even if they are happy, still struggle to find um, worth in what they do, how they live, what they stand for. And I think that is the biggest thing when you can, I mean, I've had times where I wake up and I feel great about what I'm doing, who I'm with you know, what I stand for, the words coming out of my mouth. And I, in my head, that's feeling that I have some worth to what I'm, how I'm living. Um, hmm. So kind of jumping on the back of that discipline thing, where I think that solves a lot of, a lot of issues for folks, if they just feel worthy and not everyone will think you are. Um, but at that hmm. point, if you believe that you don't need the, the uh, acceptance of everyone else, you just, you feel that self-worth and, and you go about your day at a different uh, tune different pace and different uh, music in general. So that's my deep answer, at least. But. I love that. That's great. I think uh, worthy is something that I frame a lot in this this kind of fill in the blank of I'll be worthy when. And I think if you can think through that, you'll start to really uncover some dark truths about when you think you'll make it. And the sad thing with that is, is our ideals that fill in the blank, that when is constantly changing. So I'll feel worthy when I make a million dollars a year. I'll feel worthy when I get married. I'll feel worthy when I have kids. That goalpost just keeps moving until you can define that worthy. Just And I think some of the things you're saying, I agree with, but I think you could take it to an extreme of just like this pure I am. So if you're you're not worthy with the I am, nothing that comes after that will matter. And let me explain that. So like, I am a marketer. I am Jordan. I am a husband. If I don't rest in that I am, none of like that other stuff matters because I'll always fail there. Whatever you want to take it religious, you'll always sin. If you're something else, you'll always kind of come into this place where you just, you fall short. And I think it's so important to just be worthy in the I am which never changes. Whatever that is for you, the universe, the I, for me, God, whatever that may be. I think if you really take down to like, how do I overcome worthiness or like get there? I think you have to never extrapolate your worthiness to something that you're doing or being or whatever, because that will and can always end. But the I am can't unless you die. And then there is no point like of being worthy because like you're dead, quote unquote, I guess. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that kind of mini rant that went maybe a step deeper even than you went? Yeah. Again, we could probably go down a hole on this one. I just, yeah, I, I just always feel for people because I think you can tell when somebody doesn't feel that worth. And, and, and it's simple. It's how they hold themselves. It's the conversations they have. It's the, the self-talk that they have that just shows throughout the day. And I think I'm right on the same point of view as there's always that moving goalpost, but I think you should, like you said, cement yourself in that I am and that, mm -hmm. that you are worthy, but there is more to work towards. One of my favorite speeches was the Matthew McConaughey. I don't know what award he won. All I know is he's wearing a white suit and he's I'll talking about, he's talking about the, like somebody asked him like, what do you want to be in? I think it's like five years. And he's like, I want to be me in five years. And then the same person five years later asks him and he's like, no, no, I'm not the person I want to be yet. That's me in 10 years. And he talks about how there's always that goalpost moving forward. But I guarantee you that Matthew McConaughey feels worthy in his own self mm -hmm. at the moment. 
he, there might be more that he wants to work towards, but in that moment, he still feels just uh, a feeling of self-worth and that he's confident with what he's doing and the life he's living um, and the direction he's heading. But um, so I agree that there it's tough because there always is that goalpost moving forward. But I think you can find your worth that I am in the moment that you're you're currently in mm. uh, well working towards, you know, better and bigger things. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I don't think they need to be separate. Having big goals, having dreams, things you're trying to accomplish and build towards being a, a better person or whichever, but still having that like today, I'm happy where I'm at and I'm going to be better than I was today, tomorrow yeah. in that kind of framing. And I really enjoy how you kind of pulled it back in where I went a different way. You pulled it back in on that fact of others or just this fact that a lot of people, and I agree with you, mental illness or just feeling as if you're alone. Nobody sees me. Nobody feels what I feel. You don't feel worthy in those moments. And I think what the greatest thing we can do, I was talking to my grandmother last night, is see someone as their I am. So a very common thing with is in business, we don't see the I am. We see that this person could be a partner who could lead to a deal. I see this, it's always what's after that. But I think in conversation or whatever, when you just listen and you truly see someone's humanity, you're seeing their I am. And for many people, as you say, that's the first time because they haven't had people in their family that would listen to them or take time or whatever. No, no friends that would do it or whichever. And I think that's a very sad thing because there's there's a few things that we all deserve. And I think at, at one of one of those bare things is worthiness to feel like I, I'm I, I should be here and I feel worthy just to be here, quote unquote. 100 percent. That's powerful. That's powerful. Well, Tom, is there anything you want to share? Any any place that we can connect with you after this was a really great conversation. I gained a lot. I know that the two to three people listening will gain a lot, but like, is there anything you want to give them before you leave? You can plug the podcast. I know you said you're on a break. It, <laughs> LinkedIn, you're on there. Just this is kind of your your place to yeah. share what you're up to. Yeah, well, I appreciate you having me on. It was it was a really great conversation. I love these conversations all the time. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you can jump on LinkedIn. All of my stuff is on there. Uh, my name is Thomas Champa, C-I-A-M-P-A. At some point, I'll probably switch that to Tommy, but for right now, we're still formal with Thomas. <laughs> um, and you can you can get to my website, my personal website, my podcast, whatever from there, but that is kind of one of my main hubs. So always open to conversation. If you want to shoot me a message, shoot me a message. I'll probably get back to it at some point. Uh, but love making new connections and love conversations like this. So if you're down for that, I'm I'm always a fan. So appreciate it, Jordan. Awesome. Yeah, thank you, Thomas, for coming on. Everything will be in the comments or the show notes or whatever. So uh, if you want to find out Thomas on LinkedIn in all of his places, you can check that. Thank you again for coming on, Thomas. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. And this is the end of the podcast. Thank you for making it this far. It really means the world to me that you listened, you viewed for that long. I appreciate it. I hope you got something valuable from the episode. If you did, make sure to hit that thumbs up. Make sure to subscribe so you can get the newest episodes every time delivered right to you. Hit that bell. Whatever they got on whatever platform you're on, make sure you can get that newest episode because that's my goal is to continually bring you new marketing and life advice, guidance, and tips so then we can both be making progress in marketing and life together. That's the goal. And if you haven't subscribed yet to the newsletter, it's in the first line of the show notes. Please click that so you, every Friday you can get the newest episodes, new insights, and new book quotes as I read them. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope to see you again next week or next year or next month or whenever you can tune in again. Thank you for listening.